Welcome to the Australian Financial Focus, latest podcast. My name is Barry Wilkinson. Ever thought about what a mortgage broker does? Ever thought about the questions that you need to ask? Have you ever dealt with a mortgage broker before? And if you have or haven't, here are some really important questions that we get asked commonly as a mortgage broker. Today, we're speaking to two very experienced mortgage brokers that have been in the industry for several years. So I'd just like to introduce Trevor Bryce and Ruth Stewart, uh, who are mortgage brokers themselves and have been for several years. I'd like to help the listeners today to establish what mortgage brokers do and to simplify things a little bit more in terms of someone engaging a mortgage broker. So so welcome you both. Thanks, Barry. So Trevor, I'll start with you if that's okay. You've been in the business for nearly you know 15 plus years of being a mortgage broker. Uh, there's one thing that you know people uh, often ask is, is, what's the role of a mortgage broker? The role of a mortgage broker has certainly changed over the last few years, but uh, definitely the, the main role that I feel that it is, is is finding the right product for that client, for their needs. Um, if a client just goes into a bank, um, banks are limited to the products that they've got, um, whereas a mortgage broker's got access to n- multiple banks. Um, uh, for example, we've got 33 banks that we deal with. And how many do you deal with you, yourself personally in 15 years if you had to hazard a guess? Oh, I, I couldn't even put a number on it, mate. Um, yeah, m- many, many. Like even out of that 33, I, I would have at least used 20 of them. So, um, so yeah, and, and that's what I mean is each client that you see is very, very different. Their, their circumstances are all different. So you've really got to drill down and and find out exactly what they're wanting to do and how they're wanting to, uh, you know, take the loan and and what they want to do with it. Um, I I suppose it comes back to actually finding out what their goals are. Um, What are their goals? What are they actually wanting to do uh, with that? Are they wanting to have a 30-year loan? Are they wanting to pay it off in 10? Um, Are they wanting to save interest? Are they wanting to have an offset? Um, all these little bells and whistles. And that's our job as a mortgage broker is to to help them, uh, guide them, I suppose, into making the decision that's best for them, their circumstances. Okay, cool. Hey, Ruth, you've been a, uh, in lending yourself for several years, uh, 15 plus years. From a female perspective, what's the role of a mortgage broker? Because it's interesting here from a male's perspective, but I'd love to hear from a female's perspective. Well, much like Trevor, um, and we both came up through the banks, so you are... Uh, you learn to get to know your client. It's about relationships, and for me, it's that's very much what it's about. To be facetious, um, as a as a commercial banker in the in the mainstream banks, as a female, I had to be twice as good as the average man because it's a male dominated industry. For myself personally, because this this is what um, I enjoy doing is getting to know my clients and actually creating those relationships and, and as Trevor said, understanding what their goals are and then finding the right solution for it because it's not a one-size-fits-all anymore. It, it is very much, there's a lot of banks to choose from and not everyone fits in every single bank and you can just go and choose the best one you want. You Actually, we find the place for them that fits their circumstances and their goals. Okay, cool. So... Why should people use a mortgage broker? And Ruth, I'll stay with you. Well, for that very reason, because we have the time and the expertise and the, and the understanding, number one, of what the policies are at, at the other end that will fit the clients. If they want to go and do all that research themselves, that's fine. Happy days if you've got the time and the understanding to actually understand what that all means. But if you don't, and it costs you nothing to use us because the banks pay us, 
let us do it. That's what we're here to do. That's what we know. So people should use like a mortgage broker. Would you find that you're the conduit between you and the bank? Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. We do. We do the. We we take a bit of their time up front, maybe an hour or two, to really get to know what they want, gather all the paperwork, and then we go away and do hours sometimes of research and work to find where it's going to fit to them, present them with some options. That so it's very time-consuming. Right oh, absolutely, well. at the back end that no one knows about. But, yeah, we do a lot. So if someone Googles a bank uh, or a best interest rate, it's not particularly that, right? No, of course. Yep. Everyone can Google and go, oh, what, you know, you can get these rates, but not everyone can get those rates. Okay. It's Thank very you. particular who qualifies for things like the best deals. Okay. So, Trev, from your perspective, why should people use a mortgage broker? I mean, what are some of the stories that you can maybe share? Look, as Ruth said, it, there's a lot of work that happens in the background that uh, clients are not aware of. And if if they just give us an hour of their time and we're able to find that right product that suits what they're wanting to do, like it could save them hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest just by having that that expertise behind them. Yeah, and yeah, and education is is probably one of the things that we we really like to pride ourselves on as mortgage brokers as well. Is we we like to be able to educate those clients so that they understand how much you know an extra ten bucks a week might make uh, saving on their loan. Um, like to give you an example, I um I had a, an interview yesterday, in fact, with some clients, and um, they were looking to buy a block of land and build, and. I showed them what the repayment, we worked out which bank they wanted to go with, showed them what the repayments would be on that interest rate. And then I just said to them in, a co- in the conversation, oh, how much are you paying in week- weekly rent at the moment? And they said, oh, this much. And I said, how much are you paying in into savings at, mu- at the moment? And they said, oh, this much. And we added that two, those two numbers together and I worked out what their repayment would be if they kept doing that. And it was going to save them 16 years off their loan just by them keeping on doing what they're doing now, not changing. Now, I know there's going to be some more expenses when you buy a house, but even if they took their savings out of the equation and just paid what they're paying in rent, which they've been paying for the last six years, they'd still save at least 10 years off their loan. And that's stuff that people don't know. And that's what I love is is that education Mm. piece, is teaching them that. And are you finding the evolution of mortgage broking is changing a little bit? Oh, absolutely. In Um, what way? Oh, well, look, when I started in banking, um, a person could walk into into a bank um, with their deed. The bank manager would ring up the local real estate agent. The real estate agent would go... um, their house is worth this much. The bank manager would go, okay, I can lend you this much money. Sign here. There you go. All done. Um, now uh, it's a lot different to that. Um, now we've got to be able to uh, show what's the, the best for the client. Um, we've got to show that they're they're not going to be impacted in a, a financial way, um, not, not only just financially, but also it's not going to be impacting their family if they took the loan out. Um, we've got to act in their best interests. Um, and, and there's lots of laws and legislation in place to protect them. Mm. Um, so it's certainly changed a lot and, and it's going to keep changing, all for the better. Like I, I, I'm loving the fact that this is the case now. Um, you, you've got to be, we, we are, we're professionals now. We're not these people that are, you know, part-timers, ex, yeah, part-timers yep. or ex-bank johnnies. We're, we're professionals now and we have to we have to keep that, that game up. Okay. So, Ruth, as a mortgage broker, uh, what are the top five things that you would get asked by clients? 
if you could think of the most common five questions that you would get from someone. So yes, they would. it would be, what's my borrowing power? What's my repayments? What are the costs that go with it? Uh, which bank should I go with? And then fixed or variable interest rates. Perfect. One of the very topical ones right now is, uh, will I qualify for any of these grants from the government? You know, mm-hmm. the 25,000 or the, or the 15 from the state government. So it's even having that understanding of the, the as things are, are, are um, released by the, by the governments through the media and, and us being able to have a bit of a deeper understanding so that we can look at their circumstance and say, yes, no, yes, if you do this, yes, and we can guide them as to how they can potentially take advantage of some of those things that are available. So it's a lot of people, it's not so much, oh, what's the best rate you can get me? Because they can just Google that and they know what best what the rates are out there. So you- Rates, so not typically at the moment, I know, and this is for people that are listening when the grants are finished, mm. but it's promotions from banks that promotions you get Promotions from lot? banks, promotions from the government right now because okay, yep. obviously there's e- economic recovery. They they always want to ask us about where are the rates going, not so much what's the best rate you can get me, but are the rates going to go up? And can I qualify for a loan? Are the banks lending? Yeah, yeah. And also, oh, what do you think the real estate market's doing? And they ask us a lot of these larger issue questions that thinking that we maybe have an inside track on but which we don't but we do certainly research and follow a lot of those things so we can maybe have a little bit more we don't give any advice on anyway in respect to any of that but we can certainly have a conversation with it and sort of help them to understand how the economy works and what effect that can have potentially on where they're buying what they're doing what their plans are okay so the the grants, the policies, so interest rate would be one of those five. More about, yes, interest rate, but more about should I fix, should I not, is it going to move, what do you think, where's it going? So you've got to wear a few hats. Yeah. Okay. So Trevor, what are some of the top five things that you get asked? Um, well, look, probably the, the top five things for me, um, how much can I borrow? is probably one of the, the first questions I get asked is how much can I actually borrow? What's the cost to me? So how much is this going to cost me to do this? Again, because they think that we're going to charge them a fee, um, that's a, a definitely a question I get asked. Um, what What is my repayment going to be? Even before you sometimes know how much they might be wanting to borrow, they want to know what their repayment might be. As Ruth said, specials from the banks because they they hear things on media, social media, or, or the TV about what the banks are offering, and and I suppose just to highlight on that point, that's probably again going back to something that's different with a mortgage broker as compared to uh, dealing with a bank direct. Or, or even doing it online and doing your research online and going through the bank online is that we, we've spent we spend the time to research this stuff to know the ins and outs because whilst the bank might be offering a special on this interest rate, um, there's a, there's always a catch and they don't look into the the finer details and that loan might be fantastic for a year or two years but then then it might hurt them. So you're talking. Uh, about an introductory rate. Introductory rate, correct. Or even even it could be a loan that might be offering a rebate where the, the bank will pay them money to come across to refinance to them. Introductory rate. Can you just elaborate on that? What is that? Yeah, so some banks offer like a, 
a term that I've always used is a honeymoon rate. Yep. Is that the rate's really nice and cheap for a little bit, bit of time and then it goes to a, a, a really high rate. So like a honeymoon, when you're on your honeymoon, it's lovely, but then you realise that you might be uh, married <laughs> and um, all of a sudden it might be a little bit scary. So, so yeah, so it's like that. Interest rates can be like that. They can sweeten you with this really nice low rate and then all of a sudden reality hits and your rate has gone up by 1%, 2%. So it's not just necessarily about taking a two-year rate. It's about thinking further down the track, right? Long, long term, correct, yeah. And cool. um, probably the key with with this is, is going back to that education piece, is helping to educate a client to look at different things when they're looking at a loan. So instead of looking at that really cheap introductory rate, have a look at the comparison rate. The comparison rate's been provided under law. Or ask the question, what is it going to go to once the loan Spot comes on. off that introductory rate? How long does an introductory rate go for? Oh, look, it can be anything from one to four years. Uh, there's not too many that have passed four years. It's usually about two is the average. So who takes an introductory rate? To be honest with you, I wouldn't really recommend it to anybody, to be honest with you, but Barry. But you've got to, some people do. Yeah, some so, people do. Um, look, uh, people that just want a cheap rate, um, people that just, that's all they want. Um, they don't. They're not. They don't care um, what might happen to the rate down the track. They just want that cheap rate there and then. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes no matter how much you might want to educate them and show them the impacts it might have in five years' time, they you know they can't. So you mentioned see that. before about a comparison rate. What's a comparison rate? So what a comparison rate is is it's it's a legislative guideline that that the government's put in place to show what the real cost of the loan is. So basically, um, that rate represents what the actual interest rate of the loan is over a thirty year period when you add in all the fees and charges and the interest rate together. Okay. So Ruth, can you tell us what a fixed rate is for people? Well, a fixed rate is generally it's locked in with the bank for a period of one to five years. Generally, you choose. Mostly the best rates are two and three years. And right now they are significantly less than the variable rates. Um, so once you're locked in, though, depending on the bank and, again, depending on what your what your requirements are, some banks will let you put extra money in and redraw, not very many. Some will let you put extra money in without penalty to a certain amount, but you can't get it back until the fixed rate comes off. So fixed basically gives you that sense of it's security sense for that of period security. of time. You can and you can get from one to how many years? Five one, years. One to five years. Mm-hmm. So one, two, three, four, and five. So okay, well, and it helps you. It helps you with your budget, particularly first home buyers or people that are on a, a, a relatively tight budget. It's a good can be a good option because they can work out exactly what their loan payments are for that period, two years, say, and then they can work the rest of their budget around that. And then in two years' time, we review it. And and much like what um, Trevor was talking about, with even with the introductory rates, the difference with us is that we. Our relationship managers to the, the yeah. you're our clients. We're Ongoing your broker. We're yeah. going to not disappear once the loan's written. So even if you are on an introductory rate and in two years' time it goes something horrendous, we're there to help you and get it where it needs to be. So Trev, I'll, I'll come back to you in terms of, you spoke about the introductory rate before. If someone doesn't have an introductory rate and it's just a normal variable rate, so typically with banks, and I think it's really important to distinguish the three type of products that banks have, which is your fixed and your variable and your introductory variable rate. What is a variable, mate? So a variable rate is uh, a rate that can go up and down, basically. Um, a lot of people actually have this um, 
idea that it's linked to what the Reserve Bank does. So when they hear the Reserve Bank come on the news and say, oh, we've dropped interest rates today by 0.25%, they just automatically assume that their interest rate is going to drop by 0.25%. And that's that's a really wrong thinking to have. Um, the Reserve Bank is purely designed as an economic measure um, to help either slow down or speed up the economy. Um, how a bank works is their interest rates are linked to how they purchase their money. So the money they're lending to you is coming from somewhere else and they've had to buy it at a certain price. So when they sell it onto us, they're selling it at a price obviously to make some money off it um, or otherwise they wouldn't be a bank. So their variable rate is based around what they need to make as a, as a profit, so to speak, from from that that money they bought. So if the, the ver- sorry, with the variable product, you can pay extra into your home loan and it goes into a redrawer or an advanced payment account. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, on a variable rate, you can basically you're unlimited. So you can you've got a set. You still have a set monthly repayment that you still have to pay. But anything above and beyond that is is goes into a thing that most banks term as redraw. And basically what that means is that um, you can draw that money, as long as you're in advance, you can draw that money back out for things. So you can actually technically use the loan to as a savings account if you wanted to. You can use it to save for a holiday. You can use it to save to buy your next car. Um, you can use it to save to do renovations. Um, you can use it as your emergency fund. So if you want to put money aside for the hot water system blowing up, you can put it into your loan and then it's saving interest but it's able to get back out when you need it. What is an offset account and how does it work? Yeah, um, great question, Barry. Usually when I describe an offset account, I draw a picture for people because it's really easier to see in picture. Um, Probably the easiest way to describe it um, is it's an account that sits off the loan, so off the loan. It's not on the loan. And whatever money is sitting in that account is getting actually the same interest rate as what the loan's getting. So if you have a savings account, your normal day-to-day savings account, and all your transactions are going in there, you had $5,000 sitting in that account and you had a $100,000 mortgage, what interest are you paying on the loan? You're basically getting charged at the $95,000 that you that, that that's owed on the loan. You, you might still owe 100, but you're getting charged at 95 because 5,000 is actually not getting charged because of that offset. Do banks typically charge if you have an offset account? Some do, some don't. Probably the key with offset accounts is the rate might be a little bit dearer with an offset facility as compared to having a a basic variable rate. So, yeah, and that's the thing with variable rates is whilst it's a variable rate, there there are actually all these other um, genres within that that variable rate scheme. So you can have basics, you can have offsets, you can have standard. um, And, again, that's why us as brokers, when we sit with you, we want to – work out what's the best actual loan to get. So, Ruth, the typical question that you would get asked from people that have a minimal deposit, I want to appeal to everyone regardless of the size of your mm-hmm. deposit, what type of product do you typically suggest to a client to look at if they didn't go a fixed? What type of variable? Um, I generally, for people like that, Generally, it's be, they've got a minimal deposit. It's their first time. It's their first time they've put their toe in the water in relation to any of this major credit um, providing. So, a basic type loan, minimal fees, a very good and in, variable interest rate. We manage it for them. We 
you might not have the offset, but you have redraw. So it's a, it's the same thing. So it's like a no-frill loan. It's, it's a no-frill loan. You can pay – you get a good extra, introductory rate yeah. for two years, three years, whatever yeah. it may be, and then you address it because of ongoing brokers. You keep that communication, which we do at Statewide Wealth Group, ongoing with our Correct. clients, and Correct. we then address it yeah. in two or three years' time. So you'd find typically – the first home buyers, people with minimal deposit, tend to go for that. Yes, I think they don't necessarily need to have a package with an ongoing, quite large fee annually with all the bells and whistles because they just—they it's a set and forget. They just need to be able to get into their first house, get comfortable with the whole process, and just pay their loan. And is that because the basic is cheaper than the 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 professional package that you were alluding to before, Trev? On the comparison rate, it's cheaper. Yeah, right. if you, that's where that comparison rate comes into effect and where we can show what that actually means. So it's really clear that when someone is looking for an interest rate, they're addressing what is going to happen, not just in the one to two to three moving forward for the years. Is that right? Yes, yes. And and some of these people, they might that even though they might be buying their first home, their goal might be in five to ten years to buy a, an investment or to upsize their house or and and so we also will set up that product so that we know that and we have choices down the track with what we can do for mm. them. Top five things for me that I get asked by clients and, and I know Trevor and Ruth have covered it, but predominantly it's it's the costs uh, that they're associated with the loan. But the top five for me would be the costs, uh, the repayments, my borrowing power, what bank, and should I go fixed or variable? And once you tend to overcome those uh, top questions, once you once you overcome those questions for people, they have a little bit more ease and a little bit more comfort um, with you typically knowing what you're talking about as a broker. But those are the top five questions that I get asked myself. Trevor, you alluded to before about the evolution of mortgage broking and like myself, I've been a broker for 15 plus years with yourself and Ruth um, being mortgage brokers. What should someone look for when they go searching for a mortgage broker? Great question, Barry. Um, I know. If you asked me this a few years ago, um, it would have been a lot different answer, but today it would be looking for a mortgage broker that's professional. So is is got the experience to be able to sit with you and and dissect your finances and have a look at what you're actually wanting to do, which leads into the next thing is goal setting. A mortgage broker helping you to set goals for your finances, helping you to set goals on how quick you want to pay your loan off, what you want to be able to do with your loan. And then for me, I think looking for a good mortgage broker is a mortgage broker that's going to give you some education, that's going to help you, or not give you a degree on how to understand your loan, but give you some really basic education so you understand how things work simply for you as an individual, not for the person down the street who might be telling you over the the barbecue that, oh, I'm doing this because it's such a great job. That's what we're, that's what our job is is to to have that education to help you understand it, um, and look. I suppose in this technological world, it is um, if you Google, look look at the Google ratings, look at the reviews on Google. Um, you know, if they're they're five star and there's lots of great comments, that's that's what you should be going by. Um, even myself being uh, you know and 
a more mature gentleman. Um, I, I'm, I'm now using Google, like when I want to buy a product, if I want to buy a washing machine, I, I, I go on and I Google what are mm. the best washing machines. Oh, I tend to do the same. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as much, but don't let Google be your, your thing that makes your decision. Word of mouth is big. Oh, word of mouth is absolutely. Um, uh, look, to be honest with you, Barry, I, I haven't advertised um, for over 10 years. Uh, all my business comes purely from word of mouth, uh, from helping people, and they pass my name on to other people. So, you've talked about education, uh, you've spoken about goal setting. Goal setting. Uh, you've You've looked at years of experience. Do you think maybe that, uh, you know, uh, also Google would be a big thing as well? And would you ask if you've had any internal disputes, external? Look, when I, when I, meet, with, when I with, meet with my clients, I, I've actually got a bit of a run through that I go through for about 15 minutes. Um, and as much as it's probably you'd look at it and go, well, that's just going to cause um, people to switch off. Um, it, it gives them that sense of, even though I can show them that I've, I've been in the game for over 30 years, if I can explain to them how everything works and why it's done as it's done, they then understand that they're, they're safe, that they know that they're protected if things go wrong, that they know that ASIC's um, got it all under control. It, it, it just makes their life easier. Because of your experience, you can make life easier for people just because you can distinguish pretty quickly what you're doing. Oh, what absolutely. Bank you're go yeah. And I think Ruth said uh, uh, earlier on is uh, really an hour of their time is all that, they, that we really expect them to give up. And you can either do that via phone, via video. Yep, absolutely. Well, uh, phone, we can do face to face, but uh, obviously in the times that we're in at the moment, uh, video. And, and look, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm finding that more people are wanting to do the video calls because mm -hmm. they can just sit on their lounge in their um, PJs with a, a wine. And as, as I said before, it makes life easy for them. Yeah, beautiful. Well, thanks, Trev. Uh, Ruth, if I could ask you from a female's point of view, it might be slightly different. Um, so, you know, what, what should people look for when they're looking for a mortgage broker? Um, I think it's very important to, as Trev said, you can Google, you can research people these days. Everyone's got a, a footprint. The moment we have an ABN, we have a footprint on Google. Um, you want someone with expertise, with longevity in the industry, someone who has a proven track record. It's all very well to be referred to someone at a party or or. For instance, I, I won't use a financial planner for my own personal financial planning if that person's been bankrupt or doesn't own any property. I mean, how good are they at their job? Mm. So it's a similar sort of thing. You don't go to a, a solicitor who you can look them up and they've been they've been sued for certain things. You know, you want someone with integrity, with proven expertise. And but how do you find that? That's the question. I mean, if you, for the listeners out there, they want to Google a mortgage broker or typically if you're going to buy something, you may go to one or two places, yeah? So number one, you'd probably want them to go, well, I need to find you easily, which you yep. can by Google. But the question, the, the topics that you've just mentioned there, how would you find that out? If, if, if a professional like us has had anything against us, it will be on Google. Google. It'll be on ASIC. The moment you put our name in, it'll come up with that the, there is something there. Also, if you've made an inquiry with that broker, the likelihood of getting a quick turnaround, you'd want to get someone to call you back instantly, Oh, absolutely. Communication, um, timeframes, the ability to actually, for them to pick up the phone to you and actually speak to you when you need it. And that all, 
that is all really, really important. But also then if you look them up and look up their group, essentially like, for instance, our, our statewide wealth group, you can see everybody there. You can mm. see all the services that we provide. We have backup staff. We have people behind us helping us, which is any broker worth their salt is going to have to have support staff. So that's that. that and technology. Goes, and technology, technology. And that goes huge. towards mm. their success rate is how efficient and how, how professional they are. Okay, great. For me... What people should look for is uh, that the mortgage broker does the research and does it well, but listens to the client with what they're after and works with the clients with their goals and objectives, clearly distinguishing what their budget is, where, what and when they want to do things, what type of policy that bank has, what type of appetite that that bank has. That's really, really important, which we would both, which we'd all agree, mm. right? They explain what the fees are associated with going with that bank. That's very, very clear with the competition that's out there, plus all the mortgage brokers are out there. Um, they have a they have a diversity of panel lenders for me. Um, and they also do uh, appropriate um, industry requirements and training. I would probably ask that as well from a, from a consumer's point of view. Uh, we're not owned by a bank, like some of the big mortgage broker lenders out there. Uh, you've mentioned there the positive reviews. I know that we have quite a few, which is good. So it gives people an indication of what we're good at. Um, we're experienced. I think, um, you know, like we've got plenty of years experience. You know, Trevor, you've been in it for 20 plus years, as I mentioned before, 15 plus. Ruth, 20. the same, 12, mm -hmm. myself. So there's, there's a lot of experience there. Uh, I think also as well, one thing that's really important is about being transparent with your commissions. Yeah, and what we get paid and how we get paid from the bank. So we get paid an ongoing commission from the bank. We get paid that ongoing commission from the bank because we can service you. And Ruth, you mentioned before about the back end working with State World mm. Wealth Group. We've got the admin. We've also got people that we talk to every year, the clients. We do a refresh to make sure that that product that we've given and the bank that we've given to that client is still the right bank. Uh, for me also as well, as I, I probably would make sure, Ruth, you mentioned before about if there was any complaints made uh, with that broker mm. and how long they've been around and, and how fresh is their, uh, their website yeah. and how easy it is to get hold of them and how much easier they're going to make my life to communicate and to mm. get the information mm. back that you need. So that would probably be one, that would probably be some of the bullet points from me. Um, if I was looking for a mortgage mm. broker, I, do you guys tend to agree? Yes, I think if, you, if, if your mortgage broker is just trying to sell you a product very quickly and move on, that's not necessarily the right. I think, Trevor, you mentioned earlier about the evolution of mortgage broking when you first got in and, and Ruth yourself. It's like we now have become financial counsellors. Yeah. People are coming to us about those five things that we mentioned before, but they're also asking us what, what, you know, what, what property, where should they look at buying? And we really get invested with the clients. You talk about listening, which I think females are the best at uh, mortgage brokers, by the way. Well, um, certainly the counselling so yeah. comes into where they, where I was talking about when they're asking our opinion on where the economy's going, where the where the real estate market is going. You know, all of that kind of stuff. And it's not our area of expertise, but we certainly have maybe a little bit more understanding or we follow it a little bit more than the general public. Perhaps. And I mentioned before, Trev, you're really you'll be probably the one that I'd ask for this one if that's okay, mate. I mentioned that we all have, you know, education and training from our governing body. 
we have seen that go through the roof in the last three to four years because of the Royal Commission, because of, you know, transparency and cleaning the industry out. Um, you know, what are some things that mortgage brokers do with our governing body that is really important? Yeah, well, look, uh, as a part of uh, as a part of the legislation, we have to do 35 hours of um, what they call CPD points. So we've got to every year do 35 hours of ongoing training. That's reading journals, uh, going to seminars, uh, webinars, just to keep uh, on top of what the industry is doing and what the changes are. And to be honest with you, whenever the government tends to bring in legislation, uh, nine times out of ten, we've already been doing that for a, for a bit of time. Um, it's just that now the, the government's saying we have to do it. So, and, and this is the thing that uh, I think has been not seen well in, in the light of the media is that, uh, you know, brokers have been doing, you know, great stuff for many years, been making sure that they dot the I's and cross the T's on, on everything in regards to making sure it's the right thing for the client, making sure it's the the it's done properly. Um, it hasn't been the, oh, just come in, I'm going to give you this and see you later. Um, and again, as you said, like that that's really key for looking for a good mortgage broker. If you go and see a mortgage broker and they're just going to give you a product just within the first 15 minutes of the conversation, I'd be getting up and walking out that door straight away. In your interview process, what are the top of, top three or four things that you quickly establish from the client's goals and objectives that you ask? Probably the, the top things I ask are uh, what what are their plans um, in, for the next you know few years? Yep. Definitely. I also explain to them that whilst getting the loan is probably their priority right now, um, we we as a group want to look at their holistically their their holistic um, finances. So we, we've got the financial planners that we can uh, get them to have a look and see well getting the loan, how does that impact their their super and when they want to retire? Uh, what insurances should they have to protect themselves? Mm. Um, like a, a lot of people don't insure their life or their income. They'll insure their car and they'll insure their house, but the biggest thing that could impact them if uh, something goes wrong is their income. If they lose their income, all of a sudden they're not going to be able to pay their loan. So having those sort of things is really important. That's And, again, having financial planners as a part of our business allows us to, to you know, holistically look at them. And then we've also got the accountants as well. So, again, this is the, the whole idea that we're trying to get across to our clients is that when they come and see us for a home loan, yeah, that might be what they walk in the door wanting to do is just get that home loan. But we want them to walk out that door thinking, when I want to buy a car, when I want to start a family, when I want to do anything to do with money, I've got to go and see these guys. I've got to go and talk to my broker because they get me. Mm. They understand where I want to be and how it's going to impact me financially now and down the track. So it's about the holistic approach, right? Yeah, well absolutely. Um, some of the things that I do differently to other brokers, I really analyse their monthly living expenses. I uh, quite enjoy helping people on their financial journey because the stages do change, right? For me, it's establishing what they want to do in the foreseeable future, but also moving forward, that budget will predetermine what they can and can't do. But as Trevor alluded to and mentioned before, it's about their head is spinning when they come to see us. We're speaking to them about a home loan. We're speaking to them about a financial planner. We're speaking to them about accountants. We're speaking. So it's like clearly putting a map out for the clients of going, hey, I'm going to be here to help you with the trust and also my experience, and I'm going to walk you through every stage 
along the way for me. Uh, for me, it's very much about people's budgets that will predetermine what they can and can't do and um, not looking at um, keeping up with Mr and Mrs Jones of the world. Ruth, yourself, what, what makes you different? I think where I'm a little bit different is that I'm quite a, I'm very much upfront. what you see is what you get and I will tell you straight, hopefully as nicely as I can, <laughs> the reasons why certain things might not work or why you need to do it this way, what it means. And 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 without, I, I'm not going to give people false hope, but I can show them how to get where they want to be. So a lot of people come into us thinking they can just go and get that super cheap loan and everything else. But then when you get to know them, once you understand, sometimes everyone has a history, there's stories, there's and, and it's listening to all that and, and getting to know your clients. Also as well, I mean, you, you've got an interest rate, say, for example, of, say, 3%, but then someone's talking to you about an interest rate for, say, 2.8, which is a 0.2% discount. Now, people will want to look at exploring that, but I find people don't stop and then go, well, hey, what's your monthly living expenses like? Mm. Is there something mm -hmm. that you can cut out from mm. there so you can gain that? Because even if I refinance over to a different lender, first port of call, I would first go to your current bank, speak to your mortgage broker about breaking down what your goals and objectives are. Once you've done that, then go back to your existing bank to see if there's something that you can get a better rate. Then look at jumping ship because it's really clear that people need to understand it does cost you to move and refinance to a different bank. And it can cost you up to $500 to $1,000 to do so if it could be more. So it's really, really important before you do that, you find out with your broker, is it worthwhile by making that jump from one bank to another and working through their budget. So that's a wrap from me. Uh, I'd like to thank very much for your time, Ruth Stewart and Trevor Bryce from Statewide Wealth Group. If they want to get in touch with yourself, how do they do that? Uh, they can jump on the website, statewidewealthgroup.com.au. All our details are there. I'm also on Instagram, Facebook. Just look me up. So someone Googles you, Ruth, Ruth Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T. A-R-T, yes. Uh, and Mortgage broker, Gold Coast. Correct. I'll come up. Yeah, mate, same. Uh, they can go to statewidewealthgroup.com.au and they can find my details there. Um, Google my name, Trevor Bryce, B-R-Y-C-E. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, yeah, they will find me. Um, I'm not the professor. There's a Professor Bryce on there. So, yeah, you just got to make <laughs> sure right. you get past the Professor Bryce. All right, mate. Well, thank you very much to you both. I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. You can contact me on barry.wilkinson at swggroup.com.au or if you Google Statewide Wealth Group, Barry Wilkinson that will come up and it will show you the links on how to get to me it's quite easy jump onto our website if you like in our blog section on Statewide Wealth Group you'll find some wonderful blogs that we've recently put up some tips and tricks and some information from my business partner in relation to the financial planning sector fire us any questions there's an area in within our website that you can ask us any questions that you like and uh, feel free to subscribe to this podcast if you can rate it if you could please that would be really appreciative and uh, feel free to send it amongst any of friends and family thanks very much